at sportsgasmic footy pod. Footy, 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 footy pod. <laughs> it's early in Australia, obviously. Yeah, no, the ice coffee's hitting. Um, yeah, I know that game. Yeah, I was I got... like that at the start of our last pod. I think I was talking so fast that uh, I couldn't even understand myself. <laughs> well, I came through clearly on the pod, and that's what it's, it's all about the content, so that's fine. That's good. I was playing four-dimensional chess. <laughs> anyway, that's Shay on the line that you can hear talking about his chess, um, as per usual. <laughs> On his chest, he's wearing a beautiful Arsenal Arsenal kit. I was like admiring it in the last pod, but I didn't think that was the right time to bring it up. But you got the the bruised banana on, so loving that. Yeah, uh, it's one. Arsenal didn't play today, so it's one of the times I can actually look at it and not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, just it's just gone downhill so badly for you. Over the last month or two, considering where it's, we were at the start of the season with a bit of hope, but it's still mind the gap though. So yeah. we have that going. Well, that is that is fair. Yeah, it's, it's always good when you look and go. Well, yeah, the table is really weird at the moment. Um, we'll get to it that. Really is. Yeah. Uh, diving straight back into a topic we've never talked about before. VAR. No, we have talked about it like a, a shitload because it happens every week. And it keeps I'm just happening. gonna let you do a soliloquy on this. I think almost it's like. VAR, a young David Werner enters the stage, <laughs> a bit, a bit moody. <laughs> Cunt's fucked. Um. <laughs> End of soliloquy. <laughs> uh, well, that's the short story. We enter an Australian moor. Three witches stand outside a pot. <laughs> VAR is in the pot. I don't, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> oh yeah it could get shakespearean very quickly if you said a red bearded man appears out of nowhere wearing a cloak and holding a dagger <laughs> uh it's um so uh, yeah to explain it because you haven't actually seen it but look our game last week was you didn't a- have to tell the people that yeah <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> i could have played it by ear no that's no, fine we don't I, we're all about honesty on this pod um, but you've you've read plenty about it, so it's fine. Um, Twitter, essentially, yeah. Firmino. Twitter outcry. Yeah, Firmino was he was like right in line with the guy's knee. But when they, so yeah, Firmino had a goal ruled out for offside on the weekend by VAR. Um, it was a goal that at the time I think we were just going one nil down, and it would have brought us back into one one all very quickly in the first half. As it as it as it is as history played out, we took it took two goals in the last seven minutes of the game so still one of course yeah either way you know it was probably justified like we we were obviously a better team even if it was a tough away away game um but he basically what happened is uh you kind of watch them you know how they draw the lines with the offside which is really like the angles are off the lines are off and you actually see atkinson move the line a little bit like they originally draw the lines and it looks like he's offside onside and then they redraw the lines and it still kind of looks like he's onside to me anyway, but like they use, they redraw them and make it and then he calls him offside. And there's a lot of controversy about that because they're like, well, this is just a guy just playing around the lines and making it work for what he essentially wants. Um, and the the Li- Matrix, man. Yeah, and Liverpool... Have, Mr. Smith. Liverpool have an interesting uh, history with Atkinson, Stephen Gerrard in his autobiography. I think we all do. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard in his autobiography straight out said, I don't like the guy. So that's like where it's at, like... And he's he's been out of the league for a while now, Gerard. But um, he basically he just said he doesn't like him. Um, and uh, and you know when you've got a 
my issue with VAR, just to start with that, has always been it's still just another ref making making decisions based on what they think rather than actual because they do this thing they do this thing with the offsides where they're just drawing messing around with the lines. I guess is what they literally showed um, until it matches what they think. And I think he thought for me it was offside, so he was messing around with it. And so it's, it is just him making a line ball judgment rather than actual. Uh, 100% complete technological decision. It's them making... And the lines aren't even like they're, they're at angles and, and the angle they can see, they're not looking straight down the line. It's always slightly off-centre. Um, but even when you're looking at with just the naked eye, the um, Aston Villa defender, I think it was Tyron Mings, um, his knee was past where Firmino... Apart from... Firmino's hand was maybe offside. And that's and it's meant to be goal scoring parts of your body. <laughs> Peter Crouch sent out a great tweet after all this. He said, "If they had VAR in my in my area, I would have been offside for about fifty goals with my lanky arms." So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So you know, like the goal scoring parts of the, the arms are never were never meant to be a part of the offside thing. And even then, like his knee, Tyron Ming's knee still looks like it's past Firmino anyway. So just the eyeball test, it looked like it was onside. And then even when they're drawing the lines, it still looks like it's onside. And it just but he redrew him to make. I think he just put the line up to his armpit, and he was like, "Yeah, his that part of his body's offside, and I guess the armpit's part of the torso." So that's where they made the decision. And it's just like the whole process was just fucked, and and it really brought out. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had guys like Andy Gray um, on being sports. He was he was going through the whole process and show and running through the tape of Atkinson messing with the lines because he swaps over the black and yellow line. And makes it, and and you just completely swaps them over and does all this messing around with it. Andy Andy Gray, who played for Everton, so he's got no his allegiances, if anything, are against Liverpool. He's saying Firmino's onside. He looks onside. The lines originally drawn show him to be onside. Then he swaps them around, and Andy Gray was just slamming it, slamming the entire process, saying it was farcical. Um, Jamie Carragher, <laughs> who's been a big supporter of VAR um, and has been one of the ones that's been trying to tell people to just let the process play out, he's come out and said, "I can't support it anymore. The way it's being." implemented and that's and that's really the the issue at hand is how it's being implemented is essentially and this is what i keep i was saying last year with the mls and i was saying this was my worry coming into the premier league i don't mean to be like the i told you so guy but i told everyone that this is not going to go well because it is just another referee making another decision and that's not the way you know like you watch um video video review and uh, rugby is really good it's just it, it is very such a such a technical decision um they just let the video play out and then they basically read back from the video. But with VAR, it seems like it's refs. It is just another referee making a decision. And and while – and, yeah, on on some things like offsides, I thought it was going to be easier to work out, but they seem to just – they don't have the technology to actually be able to look at, a, look at an offside decision. The obvious ones that, that obviously are very easy to look at, but these line ball ones – I think they need to, you know, offside's always been benefit to the attacker in those line ball decisions from the, uh, the linesman. So I feel like that's the way they need to go with it in the video review as well. And they need to maybe back off on some of these line ball decisions and just let their on-field referee make the decision as well. And the fog swallows whole the red beard man. <laughs> as he mumbles him as he mumbles into the hills. <laughs> no, that's the biggest problem is that nobody really knows what offside is. I know it's in the, in the rule book and stuff like that, but everybody has their own interpretation of it. So, so we need, 
and also kind of like you were talking about when it comes to camera angles if you're going to have all this var stuff you better have a camera that's going right along with the back line the entire time so we actually know where the back line is so we're, we're not looking at it from a 45 degree angle we're looking at it straight on mm -hmm. and then we can see it i don't i think with, i don't think with all of the technology we have now that it would be hard enough to literally attach a camera that that follows the back line or the last person in the line. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have humans do it, so I think I, <laughs> I think we could make it. I've got, not going back into the whole robot thing. I've got this but, little I've got this little like gimbal for my phone where like to take video. That the app you can let you can like swipe on your face and it'll track your face. And that's just for my that's just a little thing for my phone. So I think they can probably I need that. yeah. <laughs> I think they can probably figure that out, um, you know. And that, again, that would be a lot of probably a lot of teething issues with that too. But yeah, it's just if you're gonna would it? I, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty straightforward. Oh, I was just mean the tech, just, making sure need, the technology. We need to hash out what offside is. Like, is a head yeah. offside? Like, is it? I know there's a light of day. I think Ian Dark tweeted about it at the start of the year once we saw that VAR was starting to get calls wrong. He's like, we need a light of day rule. Mm -hmm. And I, and he says it can't come soon enough. So a light of day would be like if you're literally past the defender, like a big part of you is past the defender, and you can see the light of day between. I, that's what I took it as that you can no, see that's it. A, that, between see, that's like way too offside. Like I think it's just I think it's just a goal scoring part of the body. So if and like a decent, I, I don't mind if like you look and you see the knees like you know three inches past the defender because that you can score from your knee. That's easy. It's just. Especially when they look on side, like that Firmino one, like you look at it without the line straw and everything, you go, yeah, he's on side because of the guy's knee. Like you can just look at it and see it. And I think that's why they're, they're overcomplicating what actually was probably a pretty simple call and then getting it wrong. <laughs> like that's what I like. It's just when you can have a hundred guys in a room to to boil down all the controversy and the people t tweeting about it, it was millions of people, but... You know, when you got a hundred guys in a room and ninety-nine of them going, "That's on side," it's probably on side. You know, the one guy that's saying no is Atkinson. So, and like, could you have a council that was like that rather than just one VAR guy? You know, like send it to New York, like football does, or baseball. Yeah, well, that's or yeah, uh, hockey. Yeah, hockey always. Yeah, hockey sends it back to Toronto, right? Like that's always what they yeah. do. They've just got the room. It's always on the East Coast for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, East Coast bias. Um, <clears throat> Not for me. <laughs> um, you, you, you are my East Coast bias right now. Um, but yeah, it's hard to stay up for games, so I understand why people there is an East Coast bias. Yeah, it helps with soccer. I'll give you that. Yeah, no, yeah, only five hours behind London over there is quite nice. Um, is that what it is? Five hours. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was six in the Midwest. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that may be a solution around it because I don't know where the VAR control. I think I assume it's just in one in every stadium. But they they <laughs> they said I was actually getting a tour of um was it Ajax's stadium? There's a really cool story from the tour guide there. He said when they brought VAR into the league over there that um, originally they just had a guy in a bus like outside the stadium. <laughs> essentially doing the VAR and then there was a bad decision one one game and all the fans knew exactly where the bus was and started going down and attacking <laughs> the bus and they said okay and then they put it in a room um I think it might still be they've got a more secure room now but yeah it might be the thing that they just build a control center wherever they want to like you, know, you could build a decent office-sized building with people like 
you know, you could have lots of people in the room and everyone's kind of simultaneously watching different games and you've got four or five people that, that look at it. And, and <coughs> obviously the vetting process would have to be quite serious because you'd have to make sure you've got, you know, people that, um, you know, because everyone in England, I think, has a bias anyway. Was it the, um, who was the referee that was like going nuts at the Tranmere Rovers game last year? I can't remember. When they got promoted, that would be knowledge only you would know. Yeah, I can. I remember the. Up. I remember the footage, but it was a. It was a Premier League referee that was like a big Tranmere Rovers fan, and he was in the in the crowd like going absolutely nuts when they got promoted, and that's great too. Like I, I don't mind that like, referees have their teams, but you'd have to make sure that they're all professional enough to uh, to still make um, the objective judgments, and and I think that's where there's some of the some of the people obviously with Atkinson's. Um, there was some interest. I mean, he refereed the Manchester United Liverpool game the week before, which was wasn't without controversy itself, with um, the foul and the build up to the United's goal in comparison to the, some of the other calls that he didn't call for Liverpool. So there was already some controversy about the the odd way that he refereed that match, and then the, a week later, he's the VAR official and and makes a makes makes a similarly a call that was um, controversial as well. So. You can't have. I also think he might have had the call against Arsenal uh, on the winner against Palace recently. Yeah. Oh, the one. Yeah, the one that was turned. Yeah, and that was and that was bullshit too. Well, I I have to look that up. But I I feel like it was him because we played. We Arsenal played. I think (laughs) I think that was a Monday, and so. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Google as we as we chat to see who was it. It might have been Deansy. Yeah. (laughs) It was one of the famous guys because it was. not good. Yeah, look, to be fair, like none of them are really, uh, really getting it right, are they? Um, I'm just well, gonna... they're leaning on it a lot, and I think they're trying to lean into it. Kind yeah. of. I think they're trying to be like, "Hey, we want this to be a thing that matters and people respect, so we're gonna really like go with what they say." But that's only angering fans, as we've seen. So, yeah. and they're getting calls wrong still. So, like, why are you leaning on something that's like changing a call that was right in the first place to? A call that was wrong. Yeah, I think the VAR official on that day, Martin Atkinson was the on-field referee. Yeah, he was the ref, but he's the one that chose to go to VAR on it. Yeah, um, the VAR official was actually Jared Gillett, who is a, a former, is an Australian, so um, he was a he was a referee. Classic. <laughs> I knew I hated your people. <laughs> um, Profies, yeah. this guy. Della Vadova, just all of them. <laughs> Simmons, you were mentioning on the last pod. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, jury's still out on him, whereas yeah. Profi's, uh, this guy, what I don't even know his name. Jared Gillett. Kangaroos <laughs> seem like dicks, from what I've seen. They seem mean. Yeah, they punch. They I know punch. your uncle killed one in, re, in, in bloodlust, yeah. which I respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he hunted it for three days after it and kicked him and shredded him off a motorcycle um just honestly yeah. one of the most insane and impressive things i've ever heard <laughs> yeah no I, I i still haven't actually heard the story from him directly i've just heard it from my dad but yeah i'd love to he- hear he's like i think i heard it from your dad yeah possibly. I also, but also your dad drank seven bottles of wine in a, in a sitting so he's he's the one reason i like australia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't remember the end of my wedding, so I don't think he even remembers halfway through it. I think he remembers the ceremony, and that might be about. Yeah, I remember the end of your wedding, but for bad reasons. So <laughs> <laughs> I was having a good time until then. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I wish we'd had that place a little bit longer, but we had to get out of there. Remember the Hardings like stealing one of the trolleys that the, the people are in there trying to break down the wedding scene, like 
and the Hardings were just sliding around on the trolleys and stealing them from the people, packing up chairs. I wasn't. I wasn't there for that. I wasn't yeah. allowed. Allowed to be. No, they were literally, lo- literally the last ones in the room. We we're outside and getting ready to get into the cars and be like, and I'm just like, we've all looked around and go, where are Ollie and Sam? And I go back inside and there's like Sam and Ollie just like skating on this big trolley. Then the people are just staring at these two drunk idiots and Sam's just pushing them around the room. <laughs> they're they're bad for the soul. <laughs> As Froffy's texted me at 4.30, the day of my wedding in the morning. <laughs> that was insane. There wasn't a single night that I didn't think I was going to die on your wedding weekend in Portland. So that's good for different for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, VAR and um, wedding weekend would have been interesting with you guys at four four a.m. Didn't need it. <laughs> don't need it. Don't want it. We do. Have, we did have a video of us singing "We Come from a Land Down Under" at about three a.m. at a Portland karaoke bar. I have not seen that, and I need to see that. We showed it to your wedding day, but you're all nervous. So you laughed, but you were like, "Okay, yeah, that was yeah." I had I had other things on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where do you think the Premier League goes from here on VAR? I mean, obviously, they're not going to get rid of it, but... They're never going to get rid of it, so it's just time to... You just got to deal with it. Like, uh, I'm talking with you and Nate, who are, like, my two best friends, like, you guys could not be more night and day on it because you hate it, and I'm more on your side because I, I, I just think it's an inexact science, and, you know, Nate's the type of guy that wants... Um, a robot strike zone so he's all for it it's oh like, yeah that's that's obviously already proven to be extremely faulty mm-hmm. but um i was talking to him about it and it's just like well it's not gonna go anywhere so you just have to get used to it and i hate that mindset because it's like yes it's probably not gonna leave but that doesn't mean that just because it's there that we don't have we, we don't have the right to to change it a little bit and make it better obviously i think that's the key to it and i think that's what everybody's striving to do in this country in america with all the replays we're doing which i think are sometimes ridiculous um to how slow we can make things to a Mm. millisecond i don't think that's what sport i don't think i know that football is a game of inches and stuff but it's not a game of milliseconds it's not supposed to be that way because it, a millisecond doesn't change anything. Yeah. You well, know? I think the good thing about the Premier League in that sense is that, uh, I mean, obviously offside calls, you need to pause and see whether where they were. And, but then you never actually see where the ball's played from the boot. That's the other thing with the offside. It's like, it's it's really interesting as they never actually show when the ball's actually being played through. Which is yeah, just, and that's completely objective or yeah, subjective, I guess. Yeah, and but like, like and like, when, like when does the ball actually leave a boot? Yeah, like the is point it when of, they're hitting it, or is it when it literally leaves the lace? Like, yeah, like well, it's that's a millisecond. Be, yeah, so that's where the offside calls like they're breaking it down to science with the lines and the and everything on the player on the on the line of defense, but you can't even see if the ball's actually properly. Like it's just it's such a the offside is going to be a contentious one for a while, I think. Um, I was just looking at there was I was just reminded as you were talking that there was actually a story that recently that the Premier League managers are actually going to be meeting with the Premier League over the next week because of the to specifically about VAR because I think they're actually wanting because you know how in other leagues and I think they do it in the MLS where the referee will go over to the box to have a look if they need to Is yeah MLS does that because the Premier League hasn't been doing that and they're basically saying that they want they might be leaning towards actually having the on-field referee go and have a look rather than having the guy in the box um, do it. Because, Man in the box. Yeah. 
And you know, Jamie Carragher's come at another thing that he said was that maybe they need to actually uh, hire people that are are just there for VAR because they're they're questioning the legitimacy basically of having people that referee Premier League every other week going into doing the, the... the decisions and as we said we talked about Atkinson and and Gillett for you guys they're all like on-field referees and then they have a week off and they go into the box and like they're 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 still coming at it from a biased point of view as far as how what they think on the field and maybe whether there's a referees they want to support their referee rather than the one than the actual process whereas if you have guys that are put that have no connection to referees but understand the rules and are just VAR officials might be the way to go forward too. Nate's backtracking. I texted him. <laughs> he called. He, he said, "I don't like VAR, you bozo." When I when I said I called him out on the pod, <laughs> but he's still into robots. Oh well, we're getting we're getting, just, like, get we're getting updates in real time. Yeah, real time real time debate. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Australia, to Connecticut, to Nebraska. It's a triangle of pain. I don't. Uh, it's just <laughs> I don't like VAR, you bozo. Is a particularly great take. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me a bozo a lot. <laughs> I don't lie, and he's not wrong. But it is. Why are we? What is it better than before? No, not at the moment, and that's probably where I'm at. Is like, there's like certain calls, and you know, like, but there's not that much that's actually like Liverpool had. Like there was a handball in the game that was pretty, and that they've changed the handball rule to be more black and white, and they still missed that. Like the VR official didn't even like they should have seen that. That's what they're meant to be doing is looking back at those incidences. Um. And there's penalty decisions that you see a penalty called one week and not not the next week, so it's still just as random. Super inconsistent. Yeah, so yeah, it's still absolutely. just as random. And I'm I, and at least when it was the on-field referee missing him, you'd just be like, oh fuck, that's just you know we're just getting fucked over by the human element of the game. Now that they've got the ability to look at it and they still don't do it, then you then you're getting fucked over by two layers of the human element of the game. And that's just like I I when you've got that system in place to not have it happen and it still happens, that's what really gets up my, like, I don't, like, the imperfectness of sports was fine to me, the imperfections of sports, I should talk properly. Um, That was, it's always been something you just accepted because that's been sports since we were kids, right? Like, shit calls and you, and you, and when your team loses because of it, you just, you have a whinge about it in the bar and chat about the, chat about the injustice and then the next, and then, Two years later, you'll have it go for you, and then you just look back at your last ten years of being a sports fan. It's like, fuck, it's probably come out fifty fifty, and and occasionally you'll have a real egregious one. Like I don't think Saints fans will forget the uh, playoff game anytime soon last year. But then they've, if they went back through the history, they'd probably go, oh yeah, there was pretty few that went our way too. That um, if you had looked into certain games or whatever, and I just, it was fine to me. Like, and you know, I'm sure there'll be a there probably be a big incident this week against City, and and I'll, I'll have a whinge. But you know, <laughs> two years later, I'm not going to worry about it that much. You know, I can still remember a, a shit penalty decision against Chelsea back in 2007. Um, but I'm not that worried about it now. I just remember it because it was Torres's first, the game that he scored his first goal, and um, yeah, they, they end up being a one-one draw. But it's just they come and go like we've we've gotten pretty lucky with some penalty decisions that probably weren't penalties and every team has if you if you're completely honest about your own team's fortunes you've had some you've had some good fortune and bad fortune over the years and and sometimes when you're in a bad way everything seems to compound like that fucking beach ball goal that liverpool had those years ago that was just <laughs> that that like <laughs> that's just that that was just completely nuts but um and that just felt like it was symptomatic of the times as we were going downhill with our former owners but it's just it's swings and roundabouts Certainly. I mean, I said my piece last week after that Arsenal uh, 
gaff. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing's really changed. Just yeah, particularly this week because you've had some high profile. Um, Really, like it was a high-profile incident, and then a lot more people have come out against it this week. And then the Premier League owners having a meet, uh, owners managers a meeting now with the Premier League about how they can move forward with it shows that there is a genuine, genuine uh, restlessness in the ranks of the Premier League clubs as far as how it's being used. And uh, yeah, it's obviously not going to go away because I think ever the whole football world is um, embedded into making technology be a thing now because you've had it at the World Cup, and yeah. other leagues for a few years. So it's just something that they're going to have to work with, but. I think when it happened in the NFL, you know, uh, I think we all knew what a catch was until replay came about. And it's yeah. like, well, what is a catch? It's like, oh, so now you're like completely taking something away from the game. Yeah. <laughs> that we, <laughs> that was a uh, constant. Yeah. So is it better or worse? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think there is a way for soccer, like foot, footy to, to, because so many of the, these decisions, when we see them in real time, uh, well, even a real-time replay, once we're actually focused on the incident, we can see it like pretty clearly, like where the studs were up or whether it's whether it's whether contact was made. Um, so I, I think it's something that it just just needs people to be more consistent, uh, understanding of the rules and and consistent with how they do it. And maybe that that VA that idea of having a just trained VAR officials that are completely separate from referees. That does seem like yeah. a way to go because then if they're all trained the same way, and you know, I think it'll still be imperfect. I don't think it'll ever be perfect, but I think there's a way to. It can improve a hell of a lot more than it is now. Make it better, yeah. Because yeah, right now it's literally no better than an on-field referee making snap judgments. So, and that's not the way it was meant to be. So, yeah. Really. Um, another Premier League problem that we talked about last week and as updated this week was the fixture congestion. Um, Liverpool have officially been drawn against Aston Villa on the 17th of December while they're meant to be in Qatar on the 18th of December. <laughs> uh, so it's actually brought us to a point where Liverpool are literally going to be playing two first-team games in two different continents in 24 hours and literally have two first-team squads, which I don't... I can't think of a time when I've ever seen this happen with a high-profile club like that. Like, they're actually going to have no. to... I think I can't remember there's a man, there's a youth team guy I think that's going to take over the squad for the Carabao Cup game, but it brings up some issues that um, I think people are like, oh, yeah, they'll just play their under-23s, but then like there's a lot of those guys like Rian Brewster and Curtis Jones, guys like that that would have been going to Qatar as part of the extended yeah. squad and possi- possibly getting, getting some game time. Um, that... And I assume I, my assumption is Klopp's just going to like take everyone that's like there won't be any Milners or Lamas even left for the Carabao Cup squad possibly. Um, it will truly be an under eighteen or under twenty three squad, a mix of both possibly. Probably could still win easily. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, we had a struggle. Aston Villa was a bit of a struggle this weekend, so who knows? Um, but it does, it does continually raise the question because the Carabao Cup now is officially, I think you can say it's a bit of a farce when. They're just going to accept that Liverpool are going to essentially put their uh, their youth squad in, uh, while they're they're going to take their their uh, seniors away to try and win the Club World Cup. And it's just like, what are we what are we doing at this point when with this fourth cup that, you know, not, I can't like in Germany and Spain just have their equivalent of the FA Cup. They don't have this, like the League Cup. I don't mind winning it when you do, but it's at some point it's just like, this is stupid that. Liverpool, like they're actually putting Liverpool in this position and just saying, yeah, we'll just we'll accept that you'll play your B squad because we just need it played. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a good problem to have, I think. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> like, I, hey, if you didn't want it to be this way, you could have just lost to Arsenal. <laughs> Oh, it's, so, it's, it's worth it for that 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 wonderful comeback. So that was a just fun. kind of part of being one of the best clubs in the world. <laughs> yeah, but shit. I mean, Arsenal kind of has this problem. Um, they randomly played at ten fifty on a Wednesday for a Europa League match yesterday, and I, I think that put them off schedule a little bit. And they yeah, I woke up and saw they score. I was like, wait, the, this Champions League day. It was really weird to have yeah, that game I, play then. yeah, I didn't like it, <laughs> and I still haven't heard an explanation to why it happened. So. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I've long since tried, like, I've long since given up on trying to understand any rhyme or reason to how any of this happens. It's just like, oh, Arsenal play on a random Tuesday, or why they, why after a two week break they were playing on a Monday. It's just, uh, it's just how it goes, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I mean, obviously, do you expect any changes to come out of this? Maybe if Liverpool really banties about on it, I don't, but. I think, still, I, mean, it's... I think it'll depend how the cup cup game goes. I think I think Klopp's basically done is called the done the best job he can is just basically say, well, this is what's going to happen. Like I'm going to not give a shit about the the Carabao Cup because I think I think Klopp's often had a bit of amusement with the fixtures in. We talked about it last week. He's often complained about the winter schedule and all that because in Germany they take a winter break and in winter in uh, England they play more games than ever. So. It's just a different world, um, you know. I don't think you know the Premier League's not going to drop any games because obviously the thirty-eight works perfectly for the what the league is. But it may be just that they restructure. But then restructuring how the Carabao Cup rounds work will require maybe. And we talked about it last week. Maybe they, if teams can play in international break times, and but then you know national squads will be pulling players away, and you, and there is a you have to play for your national squad unless you unless you retire from it. I guess like you have a right, you have to obligation to play for him while you're eligible for it like because you know Joel Matip got the suspension from the Premier League while he refused to go to Cameroon like those years ago so yeah yeah it's a, it's a whole mess of issues with like um and especially when you've got different different uh, governing bodies all pulling pulling from these things I don't think it'll ever get better but I think what I, I respect what Klopp's done and basically just saying well I'm taking the first team squad to Qatar you can you can have these guys in and basically He's essentially telling the Carabao Cup that you're going to make a mockery of your own 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 cup competition, yeah. and it's basically going to show you how far down the pecking order it is. And and when you get to the final, no one cares about it. Yeah, so. when you get to the final, it's like, well, fuck it, we'll win a cup because it counts as a major cup. Yeah. But um, until that point, you go, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to sacrifice the health of my squad um, to try and get through. You know, we both both teams put out kind of what their level of B squad was in that Arsenal game. We got a great game of football out of it, but. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah, I mean that was just I mean going into it I didn't really I thought Arsenal would lose. The only reason I was gutted by it is the way the Arsenal lost. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. like I was gutted to lose the Carabao Cup. It was just some it was just a match in a terrible um terrible window of Arsenal um that's going on right now that if they win that match maybe it would have turned the tide a little bit, but it has nothing to do with winning the Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to on-field things this weekend, uh, we've got a our big title matchup, I guess, at the moment um, for the two teams that are realistically in the hunt for the title. Uh, the first first leg of the two-legged race over the course of the season, um, Liverpool-Man City. 
Are you going to be watching? Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't even, I'm so far removed from understanding the title race that, I mean, it is the one of the, it's the biggest match of the EPL season. Both matches will be because that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, well, Liverpool have a six-point lead at the moment, so a Man City win drops it to three points, but still a game. Like, it's kind of a nice... Like, last year, I was just hoping that we'd be within a game when we played them, and now we're six points ahead. So it's like... It's nice. Liverpool... Uh, City are still the the punter, the betting favourite, um, slightly. So it shows that the respect that their squad still has as far as their... Um, I think it's surprised everyone that Liverpool have jumped out, jumped out to a bit of the lead that they have this season, and City have dropped those couple of games they did. Um, like because it was Norwich and uh, I can't remember who else they lost to. Uh, can't think of it. I won a lot of money from it, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've lost a couple of games this season that they they certainly weren't expected. Like Norwich, and it was another another team that was paying like over twenty dollars, <laughs> twenty to one odds. So it was a, another scrub, essentially. But yeah, they're um, you know, City is still the punter's favorite. It shows the respect they have on that on that side of the ball and. And Liverpool, uh, Liverpool have not kept a clean sheet for um, months now. I don't think um, some of they're still getting results, but uh, a bit leaky at the back. And whether that's just a result, you know, you know, Genk had one good, had one goal <laughs> shot on target on the um, during the week, and it was just a great header from a corner. Like you know, you get those ones sometimes. So I'm not sure how to read into the fact that we can't seem to be able to clean, keep a clean sheet at the moment. Beyond that, it's just, just. Yeah, defense just isn't quite as locked in as it was last year. But they're, they're also attacking, being a bit more attacking, and and teams are locking in on us, uh, get catching us on the break after we had put on a lot of pressure at times. So Liverpool do. So yeah, it'll be interesting this week because there'll be two teams that kind of want to be on the front foot a fair bit, and it'll be the first time Liverpool play a team like that this year because uh, uh, United certainly sat de- sat deep a bit. Um, you know, whereas City will probably. I think that City will try to absorb a bit, being that it's at Anfield, but uh, they'll certainly be a team that's they, they'll want to get three points out of the game because they they need it to because um, to close the gap and it's a perfect opportunity. Oh, definitely, yeah. When you're playing the team that you've got the gap on, you know, so City will certainly be trying to attack as well. So it'll be an interesting game in that sense. Um, I couldn't I couldn't give you a prediction. Obviously, I want Liverpool to win, but I uh, I honestly can't see where this game will go. Um, because it is just yeah. it is just two teams very evenly matched with incredibly talented squads. I do worry about Salah's been carrying an injury since uh, has um Chudry or I'm pretty fucked up the pronunciation as I usually do. Uh, hacked his ankles like, a month or so ago, so um, and he's been getting fluid drained from his ankle every week apparently. So it's a little bit of worry with Salah there, but he's still able to play. And um, obviously, if he gets into the position to score, he's he's as deadly as ever. Mane and Firmino. Had a bit of a rest during the middle of the week, so hopefully they'll be good to go. And and the rest of the squad seems pretty fit um, beyond Joel Matip's out at the moment. So it'll be Gomez or Gomez or Lovren in partnering Van Dyke. Um, so that's probably a, a, a spot of worry. Gomez had a really good run until he got injured last year, um, but it hasn't quite hit the heights that he did. And Lovren um, can either be a world beater or or can um, score an own goal. So <laughs> you never know what Lovren yeah. you're going to get. And you can often get the same lo- uh, two different Lovrens in the same game. So, yeah, it just seems right now that Liverpool can has the lucky horseshoe up their ass, so to say. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, anything could happen in this. And um, you mentioned City losing to a couple scrub teams, but I think they, I think City as a club has a hard time get at this point getting up for some of those. It was, it was you know, wolves. Those Norwiches, those Austin Villas. 
but they'll be up for this match. They'll be yeah. they'll be ready to play, and they know what they have to do. So it will be a good test of both clubs. I think I have, like I said, I have no, or like you said, I have no idea what to expect. I think <laughs> I'm I'm hoping it's a good match, but I could also see this being a blowout on either way, depending on which which side of these clubs show up, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if City shows up like they did against Norwich, they're going to get run off the pitch. But if they show up like they need it, you know, Liverpool might be in trouble, especially with some of the uh, issues that you talked about defensively. And and even more than that is just how many matches Liverpool has played recently, kind of yeah. like you were talking about a little bit earlier. So. Yeah, and I guess uh, uh, the one uh, one issue with City that at the moment is Edison went off at halftime yesterday with um, some kind of it was just right. a, a minor muscle injury, and, and Guardiola hasn't hasn't said if he'll play this weekend or not. I see it as a bit of mind games. I think he's got taken a, he's taken a slight knock, and Guardiola's taken the opportunity to just add a add a wrinkle to it. Um, well, Walker is probably not going to end up in goal for them like he did the other day. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bravo getting sent off was just uh, yeah hilarious when you get when your backup comes on and she comes charging out of the box. It's just like oh god. Um, yeah, yeah. Huh? Uh, interesting. Probably one of the most interesting storylines behind the the whole uh, this week has been uh, the Guardiola versus Klopp off uh, the little little remarks at each other in the press. Which well, is, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, it Gar- is English football. Guardiola coming out and uh, calling Mane a diver. He re- he retracted his comments somewhat later on, but then uh, um, Klopp came out and said, "I couldn't really believe it to be honest." And then I saw it. I'm not sure if Pep spoke in that moment about Sadio or the team. Both is not too nice to be honest. This is what I loved. I loved Klopp going. I'm not too yeah. sure if I want to put oil on the fire. That's just yeah. that's 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 de- definitely calculated. I'm not interested. You in think any- so? Why would you say uh, put oil on the fire? I think uh, I genuinely That's think a, I genuinely yeah. think there's a little bit of like hey, I think Klopp's like smarter than that to know that there's people are going to take that the uh, obvious way that about how many yeah. cities teams being built. It might be just his English is a second language, so he, he may maybe his maybe his way of saying putting gas on the fire genuinely, but he, it also yeah. He's a smart man. Yeah, he's uh, a very smart man. So, he's as you said in in our notes, it's a great bit of banter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what you want to see. I mean, we talked about it. I don't know if it was you and me talking about it or somebody else, but just like how everybody likes each other now, it's fun to see the cat and bead fight was fun to see in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Seeing managers do stuff like that um, is fun to see. Um, it, you don't want these teams to like each other if you're a fan. I know I know we're in 2019 and that's kind of an outdated model of thinking, but I think it's exciting. I think it adds a layer to it and I don't think like I don't think either of those comments were extremely malicious. I do think Mane is prone to it a little bit. I think most people think that. I think it, I think he's as prone to it as any anyone else in the uh, same, same yeah, position I is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, every I I've long held the belief that every forward does the same thing, and it's just certain players um, get attract the attention a little bit more. And I won't go into the fact that I think Harry Kane doesn't because he's English, but it's, it's a, there's it's it's not it's not un, it's not breaking news that the England's full of xenophobia when it comes to these things still. So true. I can I can I can I can say with a fair bit of confidence that if Mane was a white Englishman he wouldn't get get the same attention for it, for the theatrics so it's just part of part of part of being international players in the Premier League Aubameyang gets the same treatment I think like whenever if he goes down 
people will immediately start calling him a diver and it's, it's just what it is. So I'm not going to yeah. get into that. Um, Mane had a great response to it this week. He said, he actually came out and said, yeah, if I get, if I feel contact, I'm going to go down. Like what, that's what we do. Like he, he essentially said what every forward, if they feel contact, they go down because sometimes you get contact and stay up and then you, then you lose the opportunity and they don't call a, call a penalty. So it's kind of, it's like we talk about the NBA, like you, you, uh, players sometimes you have to kind of you get hit in the face you kind of got to grab your face because otherwise you're not going to get the call right so right you've got to make it make it known that you felt contact because often it does throw you off so i don't know um now seeing that you might get contact and throwing yourself over the leg before you get it is a different thing that is diving but when you know mane on the weekend actually got he got his foot trod on he went down theatrically but he did get trod on which it does fucking hurt um yeah so, you know, when you actually do get contact, getting a yellow card for simulation, when you do get trod on, I think is a little bit over the top. But, yeah, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. But, anyway, Sadi, Mane, Mane just coming out and saying that was, I thought was great because he's just like, yeah, dude, like you get contact, you go down. That's that's kind of how it is. Um, yeah. It's you know, just and, nice that these teams don't like each other. And, that I mean, it just adds to it. Yeah. Because it really has just been between those two the like, past couple seasons. Yeah. So And it's a rivalry because it's a rivalry that's not traditional. But it's just developed by having two guys that have actually managed against each other before in the in the Bundesliga as well. Like they've carried yeah. it over um, into the Premier League. And and uh, and they're, they're both very um, charismatic guys, um, you know, um, and uh, very unique fellas as well so it's just it's kind of cool to see and they've they're, i think they're actually both kind of the kind of blokes that if they got into a bar and were chatting footy they'd be great mates but because they're on the opposite sides of the of the line um with both very um very just incredibly talented managers they they have a rivalry naturally because of that but i think it'll be it's one of those good sporting ones where you can tell they don't like each other now but at the same time that they probably have a lot of respect for each other as well which is kind of where you want these rivalries to be you don't want it to be that they hate each other and are saying you know, be getting really malicious. It's just, it's just little little tactical comments, um, putting little putting a little oil on the fire, as it has it's as it's been said, and just and and showing that they don't they they respect each other, but also don't like each other in the sporting sense because they are competing at a high level. So it's a fun rivalry to have. Um, it's a lot more. Yeah. It's a lot more fun. Than the United one's fun when you beat them, but you just hate them because they they sing <laughs> sing stupid songs and yeah. So yeah. And it's kind of like Mourinho and Wenger. They, I mean, they hated each other uh, every time they played, but then they ended up on TV together and they seemed to get along famously. So yeah, I think and they, it, yeah, and they both would be the same. They thing. both appreciate you never walk alone at Champions League finals. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did when I saw that. I meant I never actually texted you about it at the time. I was like, God, Shay's gonna hate this. Wenger just sitting. There going, I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> We must appreciate this moment. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about the weekend? Yeah. I'll let you, you can have your five seconds on Arsenal, I guess. Uh, you can have more Arsenal. than I, I, you can have more than that. I just don't think you want to talk about them for much longer. Um, I'm just fine with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll beat uh, Leicester, who's playing out of their minds right now, and are a real like have a real chance to finish third in the league. I think. Um, I think people are. Still, but I'm just, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead. I'm just tired of Arsenal fans wanting the club to lose so Emery gets fired. Um, yeah. I think Emery's out no matter what. I just don't know when it's going to happen, but wanting your club to lose when you're in a when you're in a battle for the top 4 and you're only a point you're only a couple points out of uh 
third place in the league. That's the weird thing about this table is Arsenal's having one of its worst seasons and they're still right there. They're a couple of points off fourth, a couple of points off third. So anything can happen. They still have matches with Chelsea. They still have chances with Leicester. So wanting your club to lose so they fire the manager is just some of it's one of the biggest problems with football, I think, in our modern day, especially the Twitter era, is it just doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know. I think Arsenal's already hit rock bottom, so losing more matches isn't going to help anything. Yeah, because it, it'll happen naturally if it's going to happen. Like the the if results go up and down for the next month or so, like he'll be out. Like unfortunately, um, I think Emery's probably an okay manager he's probably just been uh, whether it's come too soon or, or it's just not the right level for him and and other things at the club because the club's had issues off of you know beyond the manager over the last since they built that new stadium with their uh player like both their recruiting as well as um just having the funds to be able to recruit um maybe spending in the wrong areas at times um but yeah it's like you want it you still need to get the results for if you're going to get a new manager in in a month and maybe they are looking and they just haven't found the right guy like you know, Liverpool, there was rumours they were going to go after Klopp um, in the off-season, but Klopp was, at the time, wasn't quite ready to take over the club. So they held on to Rodgers for a couple of months into the season, and that was just gone terribly. And then they called up Klopp again, I think, and essentially said, hey, you're interested now? And Klopp was. So they might just be finding the right time for Emery to... They might be just doing their diligence behind the scenes to see who's available. Because if there's no one better available, then you just got to ride with it until someone is. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, that might just be a timing thing. And... And in the meantime, you need to get results to try and keep yourself at the table so that maybe in January, if a new manager comes in, you're in a spot that you can... You don't want to be 15 points behind fourth when the new manager comes in because then they're not going to be able to do much anyway, possibly. Yeah. So, yeah, you still got to get the results. The, the bottom line is that even even if they win, he's still going to be making the wrong moves. It's He's shown that he cannot make a single correct move when it comes to sub substitutes and starting lineups against certain teams and being able to change halftime tactics. So you're not giving up a two-goal lead to Crystal Palace. You're not giving up a two-goal lead to Watford. Mm -hmm. These are terrible teams. I mean, Palace is a little bit better than Watford, but he, if you can't keep up with those type of managers, then you don't have a place to be at one of the best clubs in England. Yeah. It, it, it's just simply not good enough. And he's now alienated Ozil. He's now alienated... Jaka by stripping him of the captaincy, which just shows how weak he is that he will bend to pressure from the fans. Whereas half of the other, and then the other half of fans love Jaka. So it's just, it's like you can't make a right decision. So why would you go and do that? Then you're alienating the fans and your former captain. I mean, yeah. I do think Obama Yang is probably a better captain than Jaka just because he just seems to have a really good attitude. I know um, he had his detractors at Dortmund, but he does seem like he's really happy at Arsenal, mm -hmm. whereas Xhaka, um, I mean, but by stripping him of his captaincy, then you're going to probably lose him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to leave now. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, say what you will about Xhaka, he has his ups and downs, but he's still an English Premier League player mm -hmm. and deserve, and you would, you should want him on your roster. So Emery's time time is num or his days are numbered, but rooting for the club to lose is um, goes against everything that it means to be a fan. I think. Yeah, yeah. Should you should always like you know through the bad years of Liverpool under Hodgson, I still wanted us to win. Um, I know I saw the value, and I every time a loss happened, I was like, "See, guys, like this is why we need to get rid of him." But 
when you're watching the game during those 90 minutes, you're still fucking were devastated when a goal went against you. And because um, it's just, you know, I think the, a true football fan's natural reaction is to always root for a win. So if you're rooting for losses, it, it shows that there's a bit of a twisted mindset. And like, not going to judge how other people support their teams. It's just, I don't think it's right. So, and you obviously don't either. So, yeah. Let's, frust- another frustrating season. Yeah. I'll, I hope you get a win this weekend because I'm just, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Leicester. I loved uh, Leicester's title run but i'm just not a big fan of them in general probably just Vardy ticks me off i don't know um but otherwise i just hope you get a win so you can have a happy football memory for a weekend at least <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll yeah. see i i wouldn't put money on it i'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh well uh another good run of pods um i don't know we'll be back to it next week I'm not exactly sure i've got the agenda for next week yet um because i was working on these what these these ones so much with um, the NBA one with the, the topical nature of that one and then I was just fucking just getting mad about VAR when I was planning for this one but we'll, we'll get some I've got a few few ideas in the pipeline for just different different things to do pods on so yeah we'll be back to it next week and uh, yeah until next time we'll be staying sportsgasmic Emery out